0: Welcome to the Brainstorming Basketball Podcast. Today is going to be a special episode because I am joined by the one and only resident New York Knicks. Do you want to call yourself a super fan? What are we calling you?
1: Whatever you want to call it. What to do, baby?
0: Oh, God. Um, Okay. We have to touch on the Knicks for sure, but we're going to start off with the depressing news, because we have to get that out of the way. We have to tell you guys what's going on. And Harry, the COVID outbreak. I didn't introduce your name, by the way. Harry Liao, resident New York Knicks super fan. The COVID sounds good outbreak, when you
1: say it like that.
0: <laughs> the COVID outbreak that's happening in the NBA. I don't know about you, Harry, but it has dampened my mood on I was feeling great about the NBA. I was happy. I was excited about it. Just starting to get excited again. And then boom, every team's got an outbreak. What's what's going on through through your head?
1: Well, you are you are want to worry as they say. You're a little bit of a worry bee. Um for people that it might not know you that well. Um I mean yeah it sucks. Like what are you gonna do though? You know? It's out of our hands, it's out of everybody's hands. Um, I hope that uh, people are being safe. Did you see the Kyrie video?
0: I did see the Kyrie video, and you're right. I, you you do. I mean, yeah. Ky- we'll we'll touch on Kyrie in a second, but I wanted to ask you. So, obviously, we want people to be safe. But what is your prediction on how Adam Silver is going to handle this?
1: I mean, I think they're going to cancel it if if they if they have to, and if they <clears throat> if there's a way that they don't individual After. games. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there's already a game today that's that yeah. it's probably going to be postponed, Miami-Philly. What but, sucks is that, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's the same thing that we've all been living through for the past year. Like, what sucks is that, you know, people's uh, lives are at risk. But, you know, from like an NBA standpoint, I just feel bad for a team like Philly. Like, you're you're top of the East. You got everything rolling. You're like 73. I'm so glad Yosef is on this.
0: Yosef, not. Then,
1: all of a sudden like you have six players left Dwight Howard's playing point guard and uh you lose like three games in a row boom like you know
0: well the the Dwight thing might be a blessing in disguise because it's working for Andre Drummond and some I don't know if it's working or not but it's I I love Andre Drummond like kind of handling the ball you saw the clip of him trying to do the I don't know what we call that that was ridiculous but yeah you're right man it's it's a it's a tough time it's it's depressing, and hopefully these teams can get healthy. I saw that um, you probably saw the news today as well, Harry. That there's going to be stricter guidelines for COVID. Like, I don't know. I didn't really read it because we're not in the NBA, so it doesn't really yeah, relate to we, we us. Can't so. But like, I think they said like no more handshakes and like, <coughs> like I don't know, like dude. It, but all
1: the, all that stuff, dude. All that stuff is just obvious, though. It's just like yeah. it's the NBA trying to look like they're following the rules and playing playing by the rules, which they are, but. At the end of the day there's there's only one decision to make that will actually like impacts whether or not the NBA spreads coronavirus which is to have the season or not like that's really the only decision that matters
0: that's the question i want you to answer right now is if if you had to guess let's say a week from now things stay the same maybe get a little bit worse do you think we're going to see a suspension or a postponement in play
1: Um, I think the only reason they would do that is if uh, they knew with like relative certainty that they could get everybody vaccinated because I think that um, within the next couple months, for sure by the end of this year, I don't know by the end of the season, uh, that that vaccinations will start to become a little more like the rollout will be a little more effective and more general population um, will be able to receive vaccinations. I don't know how that's going to, what that means for this new strain of coronavirus b1 n1 but um i think if the nba knows like oh we can get vaccinated in like two weeks and things are really bad right now they might just be like all right let's just shut down for two weeks until we can get everybody um their shot and then i guess they would have to do their second shot if it's the pfizer one but whatever um yeah that, that'd be a scenario that i could see them doing that if not if not i think they're just going to keep rolling because, like, they've already assumed all the risks. Like, why why stop now unless things get worse? But, you know, in this hypothetical, you said it like they're kind of the same. So
0: I couldn't agree more, and I want to switch the topics because enough somber talk. This NBA season is actually I, – I hope you agree. I think it's pretty fun. It's been fun. And we got yeah. to talk about your team specifically, the New York Knicks. Um, it started off great. It's taking a little bit of a sideways turn. I'm not going to say a downward good. Turn, sideways turn. We're just, you know, feeling ourselves out.
1: We play in the Eastern Conference. Very true. We're, we're good. Um, we're going to be – we're going to contend for the play. Listen, I, hey, I want a formal apology from whoever disrespected me and asked if I was okay for saying that the Knicks would be a contender for the plan. Ryan, i want a formal written apology from this person
0: ryan azarello he's speaking directly to you buddy um the knicks you were mentioning to me the importance of some guys that people don't really talk about a lot and one of those guys is alec burks who hasn't played can you talk to <laughs> a little bit of detail about like some of the people are talking about julius Randle, but from a knicks perspective from a knicks fan perspective um can you talk about some of the unheralded guys that you guys have had this season and and their roles and their importance
1: um I mean everybody in the Knicks is unheralded that's like the point of the Knicks right
0: very well Um,
1: but yeah Burks is good uh he can shoot he I mean the, the important thing is like they're starting to bring on guys that are not um don't care about like uh all the bad vibes with the Knicks right like you get, you get a guy like Alec Burks, he's going to come in. He's played for a million teams. He's like, yeah, I mean, I've played for shit teams before. Like, I'm just going to ball. You, you know, you got a guy like Austin Rivers, same thing. Um, who else? Um, and then, you know, it has like an effect on like some of the young guys that are struggling. When you get, when you get uh, vets that come in the locker room and they're just like, I'm just here about my business. You know, we had that with Todd Gibson. We still have it with Todd Gibson. Uh, but it has an effect. You know, you see guys like Kevin Knox, like all of a sudden they're confident. Like, it's so random, but Kevin Knox is, like, our best shooter now. And he, I love he literally him. shot 30% from the field last year.
0: Your... And 60% at hitting the side of the backboard.
1: Yeah, he's really good at that. He's Dude, if there if there was, like, a little, like, if there was a tiny hoop on the side of the backboard, he'd be, he'd be the best scorer in the league. He'd be Bradley Beal.
0: He would be amazing. So, um, I want to ask you a question, all right? Before the season, I actually – uh, spoiler alert, I already know the answer to this, but I want the audience to know the answer. Um, before the season, you said the Knicks, you know, 10 teams make the playoffs this year in the COVID, you know, asterisk season, if you want to call it that. Um, are the, You said the Knicks were going to be a, a playoff team. Are we still feeling as confident? How are you feeling long-term season-wise?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I think the Knicks will be a play-in team.
0: Okay, I mean, we heard a little bit of hesitation in your voice there, so... But
1: okay. Look, there's there's no doubt we suck. But <laughs> the we play in the Eastern Conference. Like I don't I don't see I don't see why not. Like teams, whatever the plan seeding format is gonna be, I think it's what what it is, like what, what is it, like seven to ten or whatever, seven to nine. I mean, look, there's gonna be I, I'll tell you who's gonna be worse than them. The Pistons. Blake Griffin's gonna be out for the whole year. Mm-hmm. The fucking Cavs, like, you know, they're feisty, but like it's I, it's over.
0: Um, uh, the
1: Bulls. No, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) Orlando though. Orlando,
1: Orlando it's over. I mean, there's, there's the Knicks are just going to be, they're going to be scrappy all year. They'll, they'll, they'll fight for the plan.
0: And, um, this is a good time to segue. I agree with you by the way on everything you said about the Knicks. Um, good time to segue because you're talking about the, the week Eastern conference and we need to get, we need to set the record straight on one thing. Uh, you and Yosef Nasser are co-hosts on this podcast was at work today and he could not make this unfortunately have been discussing the fact that i have i had quit on kobe white and this is a very yeah you're out i okay so we need to set the record straight i was temporarily out and i had said at the time that my long-term outlook on him was still bright although i was worried i was worried for sure and you guys took the reins of the bandwagon. And I cannot thank you guys enough because –
1: Stop. No. That's not you. how this works. No, please. Listen, no. no.
0: Thank you. You saved Kobe White because
1: I, I left for a little bit. But I'm what you're here. doing right now, it's not going to work on me. It might work – I highly doubt it's going to work on Yost. It's going to work You can't do you. that, man. Look, have you ever heard of the – you know, you've heard of the story of Jesus, Jesus and the disciples, right? This was like, an all-time like betrayal. Your
0: audience. Yes,
1: go ahead. This is an all-time betrayal. I mean, we're all sitting down at the Last Supper with, with our Lord and Savior Kobe White, and the, the disciple closest to him, who is it, Peter, Saul, whatever is I
0: don't know, but I, I yes.
1: I mean, what a betrayal. Like you you just stood up, smacked him in the face, spit in his food, and left. And I, I mean Yosef, we were stunned. Like we had to take the, the seat closest to him. I mean, look, the guy's, <laughs> the guy's confidence is rattled. His 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 most ardent follower is left. Dude you used to you used to tweet at his older brother and just be I like, "Yo, yeah, like, yo, I love this guy, man." Like, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I can't believe that you were so just down on him after just like two two bad shooting nights. I mean, look, look at the look at the rest of it. Look at the passing. Look at the leadership. Look at the way he 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 meets people in in the eyes when he talks to them. I mean, he's got Zach Levine playing at an all time you know high level. You can say that's Billy Donovan. I disagree. I think that's that's Kobe White
0: very interesting you you mentioned something before this podcast you showed a picture that you made a very good point in the picture um it was a side by side of a picture of five bulls surrounded by Jim Boylan and then the five surrounded by Billy Donovan and in the picture with Jim Boylan Kobe was the only one looking at the coach and in the picture with Billy Donovan everybody was looking at the coach which is what you want obviously but it 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 hits on your bigger point which is that Kobe has this like this quality to I feel like it's like a lack of ego and he just wants to be he wants to win and that's what he cares about and I'm very excited about him and about the Bulls future but listen this can't always be a Bulls podcast we have to move on Um, as much as I am let's get the point straight though before we move on I am so excited about the Bulls so excited but this is not a Bulls podcast an NBA podcast we're going to move on to the next topic which I wanted to hit on with you we're going to come up with a name for this segment, but there's always no matter where you are in the NBA season, there's always players that pop up like out of nowhere that it's just like, it's if you play fantasy basketball, for example, they might be sleepers and they're underrated and they're fun. And we, you know, me and you were, we junkies or basketball junkies and we love to monitor these random players, these underrated players. So give me maybe two underrated players that people aren't really talking about.
1: Okay. I mean, I think, I mean, Jeremy Grant, it has to be the start of this conversation for me. Like he's probably, in the, you know, the leading guy for most improved player right now. I mean, he's a guy that I know Denver really liked last year. Um, you know, they let him walk to the Pistons and he has a much bigger role now, especially with Blake missing like every game, like he, he always does. And um, I didn't know he was capable of like, of this, you know, he's- a Stardom. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a beast. Like, Jerry Grant is really good,
0: right. um,
1: and I did not expect that at all. And you see where Denver is, right? It's not because all oh, because he lost Grant, but, you know, it's a part of it. That's a part of it for sure. Um, the second guy, I'll go with I'll go with Justin Holiday, from the okay. Pacers because, um, you know, I think last year there's, like, too many holidays in the NBA. Last year, like, Aaron was, like, you know, kind of the talk of the town, and Drew, you know, everybody knows what that guy does. But Justin Holiday this year has he's been balling. He's actually played his little brother out of the rotation. Like Aaron Holiday doesn't play that much anymore. Um, he kind of does it all. He's he's like long. He's he's a good defender. He can shoot a little bit. Very George Hillish.
0: Yeah, um, those are two great names, and this is why we have you on the podcast because you provide insight like this. You're amazing, Harry. The two that I okay, so I'm gonna kind of break my own rules for this segment in a way because i need to give a whole unit credit which is this is what i was hinting at to you before the podcast what i'm so giddy about is the oklahoma city bench i love them theo te, i don't is it tail maladon or the, the rookie tail maladon
1: just cut to the chase let's hear your hamadou dialu
0: hamadou no obsession all part of it though hamadou dialu kenrick williams uh pokachevsky and roby Oops. and maladon that unit should be somewhere in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan, playing a G League game. But instead, but they just
1: they just beat the, the KD Nets the other day.
0: They're mauling teams, man. Yeah. What is going on? I love them. I love them. I don't even know who their their coaches. Uh, it starts with a D. I, I'm Any bad coaches. with new coaches because it's like, you know, like it takes a while to remember. You have
1: CT. You can't remember anybody's name.
0: I can't, yeah, I can't remember anybody's names. Um, but this unit, for some reason, and the team in general, by the way, it's not just the unit. Yeah. Uh, Jay is playing amazing.
1: Darius Baisley.
0: Exactly. It goes way deeper than that. Um, I think that the bench needs a little bit more love in the way that they're playing. And I'm just shocked that this, this five-man unit of a bunch of young guys, a bunch of unproven guys – Usually on a bench in the NBA to be successful, you have at least one vet that's like can kind of galvanize the truth. Like a Lou
1: Williams or something.
0: A Lou Williams. A Will Barton. Somebody like that who, um, somebody who, yeah, is a leader and can kind of like get the. You're going to have young guys on your bench most of the time. But to have all young guys and they're playing well and they're not getting blown. You would think that when Horford, Hill, Shea come out, that they would just fall apart and they're not and yeah, i don't know oh who good they feisty and i'm going to give you one more name and this is kind of an underrated one he he doesn't put up numbers he's not going to put up numbers but i've been we've i've personally mentioned tyrese halliburton and my uh man crush i have on his play
1: okay Why? this is not, a, this, no, this is another a, guy that you were out on I want, yeah.
0: but this is not about Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. I was going to say, because I watch The Kings more because of Tyrese, I've noticed another guy who's playing a role very well, and that's Glenn Robinson the third, and he's just three and D, just solid NBA player, and he's uh, he's filled he's found his niche in the league well, and'm I'm, and I'm proud of him because he was kind of a journeyman, and I think he is now like a guy that's going to stick around in the NBA
1: I love it. He's a Michigan guy. Wait, can we do the flip side of this? Can we do, like, guys that you think are overrated now or, like, early on in the season, they've surprised you in, in the wrong way?
0: Give me two, and then I'll give you two because I have to think about mine.
1: Okay, let's see. Um, I think um, – um,
0: I got one if you don't. I got one. Go ahead.
1: You go first. You go first.
0: This is unfair, okay? This is unfair because, obviously, he's, he's a rookie and and he's hurt now but killian hayes has has been disappointed he's been agreed and i'm a huge fan of his i was a huge fan of his in the pre-drafts um you know who knows how long he was dealing with that injury before he sat out with it and again what he played probably six or seven games in the nba so let's not rush to judgment but it's a little bit disappointing do you have one for us
1: um yeah i think uh it's got it's got to be pascal siakam for me dude Dude, like what? What happened? If you think about it, like two two years ago when, when did they play the Warriors in the uh, finals? 2 years ago when they beat them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know I know he had Kawhi to take the load off of, you know, his his play, no pun intended. But like this is a guy that I I distinctly remember giving Draymond Green problems in the finals, like 20 and 10 every night against like one of the best Big man defenders of our generation. Like, what happened to this guy? I don't. I just don't understand.
0: It's 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 mind numbing, and part of it has to be the Kawhi thing for sure. But you would think that a player like that would take a leap. Is is what you're insinuating? But dude, do
1: you remember when? Ka- so Kawhi obviously load managed a shit ton that season, right? He sat at, like 30 games. Yeah. Every single one of those games, Siakam was like 40 and 10. <laughs> yeah, he was. I don't understand it's, and it's not just a jumper. Like he's a streaky shooter. He's not a good shooter. He's a streaky shooter, but like even during those finals, he couldn't buy a three, but he was, he was giving the Warriors problems. He was giving them buckets. Like, I I just don't know what happened to that guy. He's, he's like a shell of himself. It's really strange. And it's the reason why the Raptors are two and eight, to be honest, like, like Kyle Lowry is playing great. He's playing maybe the best ball of his career. Um, You know, I think Lowry's playing awesome. Anunobi has been okay, but the, there shouldn't be two and eight in the East.
0: Should not be. I thought you were going to mention Fred Van Vliet too because Fred Van Vliet's been sensational. At least oh, he's, the- he's a beast. He's a monster. He's a beast. You have another name because I, I think I got one more. If You, you go. You go and then I'll go. This is, again, I guess both of my guys, it's unfair, but um, this is an unfair topic, I guess. I don't know. I had higher hopes for Boogie Cousins, I guess. Hmm. Okay, that one hurts. Preface this by saying that he got in a scuffle with uh, Marquise Morris the other day, and he handled it. Dude, that was bullshit. He shouldn't have gotten ejected yeah, for that. I agree. He handled it with so much maturity and so much poise that young Boogie would have never done. So I give him so much, so much kudos for that. Just as a player, um, I expect after the preseason, I was like, oh, maybe he's back, and it's just like. I still wonder now, can he play in a playoff game, like, defensively, even offensively, like, can he play in a playoff game?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that, that one that one hurts just because it's, like, I, I was a huge Boogie fan. I mean, I love the attitude. Like, I thought that uh, a lot of the, the flack that he got in certain cases was warranted, in certain cases was completely unwarranted. Um, yeah, it sucks to see that he's not – He's just it, physically, it just doesn't look like he's ever going to be back where he was, where he was, he was quick. I mean, he was like, he was never like a high leaper obviously, but he was really like quick nimble footed for a gigantic human being. Um, and it just, it looks like that's kind of gone, but who knows, man, maybe there's a, maybe there's a spot for him on a championship team. If he can become a consistent knockdown, like floor spacing, big man, um, can still mix it up in the paint. Um, on the flip side, I think John Wall looks incredible. Um, not just like physically, I mean, physically he looks a little bit, you know, obviously not in his prime anymore too, but just mentally, like, I feel like he's just a much better basketball player than he was before. He just under understands the game at a much higher level. Um, I don't know if I have another overrated guy, although I might throw, I might throw someone like Carl Anthony Towns in there, but it's also not fair. I mean, he just dislocated his wrist, but I have an honorable mention for, uh, the, what we started with the underrated guys that I know you, you'd want to mention, uh, Mikhail Bridges is absolutely balling the fuck out right now. He is. And I did not expect that. I thought this guy was a bust.
0: I think we both did. And, yeah, that's a great one uh, that you pointed out there. Phoenix in general, like, they're – Dude, I don't know if this is a very random game to bring up, but I've been watching all the House of Highlights NBA games. We're in freaking quarantine again. COVID's getting a little bit worse. We have a spike. And I was watching Suns Pistons uh, –
1: you don't have to justify watching Sun's Pistons. That's good television.
0: Dude, Langston Galloway just Bucket. like went crazy in the second quarter.
1: And I'm Dude, that guy that guy's so random. He's he's like uh he's like 32-year-old Ben Gordon. Like <laughs> just random nights, he'll have like 40 points and the other like and then he'll have zero. Like just, And then
0: he'll have zero for like a month and then forty again. It's yes. crazy. Um we're gonna we're gonna segue to I'm going to flip the order. We have two segments left to talk about. I'm going to flip the order of them because I want to end with our Western Conference broad picture. But the next topic we're going to talk about, um, the Eastern Conference, you kind of mentioned, you know, the bottom is always weak. The top is confusing, but specifically the Milwaukee Bucks. I want your thoughts because they, their record, usually in the regular season, their record is usually the top of the league. And that's what we've become accustomed to and it's early so still might be but where are you at like one to ten scale of like panic meter in terms of in terms of whether they have slipped in the eastern conference tiers like are they like still a tier one team in the yeah
1: i think they're still a tier one team um they're just not they're not as consistent as we saw as before but when when it looks good it looks really good um i think that's just going to happen when like you're giving more of like responsibility to younger guys, like um, you know, like a Vincenzo or like a you know, like this. It's going to be some some figuring out, especially incorporating a new guy like Drew Holiday, who hasn't been that impressive, honestly. Like I don't know. I, I guess I was kind of I was a little off about that. I thought they'd hit the ground running with him, but also I think Giannis is like doing like a weird load managing thing this year. Like I, I I don't think he's putting in because I think he saw he's seen what happened the last two seasons where he's like literally going 110% trying to crack your skull every single night. And it's not sustainable unless your name is like Russell Westbrook or, or Michael Jordan or, or, you know, D Rose in his prime. It's like, it's just not, you can't play that way. You know, even though we don't have 82 games, 82 games in a season, then plus the playoffs, it's just, you have to kind of pick your spots here and there. So, um, I would say like a four, a four. Interesting.
0: I, I agree with everything you said. Um, Except the number at the end. I'm gonna go like a six, just because the East is just so top heavy. Like the the Sixers now are a contender. I say now because let Joseph Nasser they were not a contender before this year. I'm sorry, but now they are. So you have that if they can get COVID handled. Um, the Celtics, obviously, the Heat. So it it's gonna be. Whoa! whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Let's not let's not just throw the Heat Celtics. in there.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna. Oh, I thought you were gonna say let's not throw the Celtics in there. The Heat you' were the resident heat fan. I don't know what's going on with them. They look terrible. Well, I think well, my take on that is Jimmy has been load managing regular seasons for for years for, dude this is the, this is the most
1: egregious stuff. this is the most it is it is well I, I
0: just think the, the the reason why I was so excited about the NBA is just the overall competitive balance is so neutral right now that teams like miami who their star player is kind of coasting. And yes, you're right. It has been a little bit more egregious. The playing field has evened out, but I think at the end of the day, the stars will shine brightest when it matters. And I think Jimmy is just, you know, we saw it. He's a top 10 player, arguably top five, when he when he cares. And I'm not yet ready to throw the heat into the panic meter. Although I like that you brought it up because it, it needs to be mentioned. They, they haven't looked Miami heat-ish.
1: Panic meter for
0: the Nets. Ooh, wow. I think (laughs) for the Nets, it's like you have to just break it down, panic meter on a player-by-player basis. With Durant, I'm at a one. He looks insane. He looks back.
1: Amazing. Revert,
0: I'm at a one. Steve Nash as a head coach, I'm at like a six. Um, Kyrie Irving, I'm at like a perpetual ten, like just Always.
1: They are right now the 10th seed in the in the East. They're tied with the New York Knicks.
0: Dang it. I thought you were going to say Chicago Bulls.
1: And the Cleveland Cavaliers at five and six.
0: Oh, Bulls are below them. Dang it. Yeah. Um, so I guess to answer your question, you know, the loss of Spencer Dinwiddie, you're, you don't win a champion. You do win a championship because of your stars. But the role players are often, you know, forgotten about. Like, for for example, with the Lakers, with um, Dwight Howard Mm -hmm. and Caruso and these guys. And Dinwiddie was going to be maybe their main role player, although he might even be better than a role player. He was going to play a role for the Nets. And losing a guy like him and then just, like, you know, just mashing a team together that might not have the chemistry developed – I would say my panic meter is at a five, and it would be higher if they weren't so talented. But they're so talented.
1: I just I don't understand them at all. I can't even assign a number to them. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a um, uh, me and my buddy Ben um, and his little brother Jack and this other guy. We do this thing where on like a shared Google spreadsheet we guess the NBA spreads every night. Okay. You know, so we'll pick teams um, and basically we get a prize at the end of the season. It's kind of like fantasy spreads. Um, Super fun. Highly recommend. And every night you get a skip. So you can skip a game You know, <laughs> if you just think it's too volatile. I've skipped the Brooklyn Nets every single game since, like, the second week. Because that first week I was like, oh, my God, they're the best team in the East. Like, how are you beating this team? Like, my thinking was, oh, they could lose somebody like Spencer they're so They have so many guys that are ready to come and play. Like, Joe Harris is not just a shooter. Let's just make that clear. Jared Allen is a monster. Like, he's – He's what I wish Mitchell Robinson was. The guy's fucking useless. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, he, uh, they've got, you know, even guys like that I think are really good, like Timothy Luwala Cabro. could barely get minutes when he, did when he was around. Mm-hmm. Um, Karis Laverta looked like he, he couldn't even get, this guy's so mm-hmm. talented, it, it seemed like he wasn't getting enough like, touches or the looks for a kid that talented. I mean, now he is. Um, granted, he can't shoot to save his life, but the, the kid can, can ball, yeah. but um, you know, it seemed like they had a, a wealth of riches, and um, to see that, like, you know, that's why, like, I kind of don't think did, losing Dinwiddie is the problem here. It's some weird; they just can't, they can't get a stop. They can't. Their defense is terrible. Um, on offense, it's just a little bit too your turn, my turn between LeVert, KD, and Kyrie when he's not um at birthday parties without a yeah. mask. <laughs> Um I don't know. It's just all very strange. But hey, that's that's what we wanted out of the Nets, right? If you're not a you're not a Nets fan. I love fan. it. Yeah, I love it too. It's awesome. It's
0: the circuit. I, you you mentioned if you're not a Nets fan. I, I wonder what that's like. Um Who's i don't a have, Nets fan. I, I don't know, but I wonder if it's enjoyable right now for them. Because you have talent, but it's just like it's it's a it's a roller coaster of emotions.
1: I'm so glad that Katie and Kyrie didn't sign up the Knicks right now. I really am wow. because I don't. I don't want the. Do you think about it this way? It's championship or bust, but with a, a team where it's not. It's just an, an anxiety and filled ride. It's not the same. Like if if it's like picture it this way. Instead of signing Katie and Kyrie, the Knicks had a you know the option. I mean, they never had never had a chance with any of these guys. Let's just pretend they had the chance of signing like a LeBron and AD. And like let's say LeBron and AD actually did come to the Knicks that, that year. Like, that's a completely different experience. It's championship or bust, sure. But I'm like, yo, I have the fucking greatest player of all time on the team. No disrespect to Michael. That's just how I feel. I got, you know, Anthony Davis. I have two two things that I'm pretty sure are, like, uh, not just going to absolutely freaking implode and just be found, you know, with no mask, like, at some party <laughs> during a pandemic. Like, it's it's not the same, like, fan experience, you know? Like, it's almost like you win the championship and all you get is like a short side relief. You don't get like the excitement or the jubilation or anything. Like And the rest of the time, it's just like, you're just worrying, like, man, like what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't you know.
0: I, I completely get where you're coming from. We do have to segue to our last segment before we do. I want to mention that when you said greatest player of all time on our team, um, I knew you were talking about LeBron, but, For some reason, I thought you might have meant Julius Randle. I just want to point that out because although he did. They're the the
1: same player, actually. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay, so you did mention LeBron and AD. And to set the record straight, I think we all kind of consensus as NBA fans. We agree, right? The Lakers are the cream of the crop in the West.
1: Yeah, they're really good. Even when they're coasting, they're killing people. Exactly. And I agree with that, too. Wait, can we pause them for a second? I think the Schroeder pickup might be the pickup of the offseason. He is like literally perfect. I think he's extended LeBron's career for like three years because LeBron doesn't do anything anymore on the court. He just like stands around.
0: Wow. And you know what? You saying that, I feel like LeBron has this superpower to kind of tap into the future almost. And like, I think you're right. And I think he knew that in hi- in in um in hindsight. He he before even this happened. I think he knew. If I get this guy, maybe I can extend the career because he doesn't have to do as much, especially with the playmaking. And by the way, uh, we're going to get to the segment, but I think LeBron's going to play till he's forty-five. Awesome. I think I think he's waiting to see what age Brady retires at, and then he's going to be like, I one. need one one more. <laughs> um, he's amazing. But the the segment that I wanted to talk to you about is we have a, a clusterfuck of teams in the West. Yeah. Um, and who the heck can predict if you had to pick one team right now to play the Lakers in the Western conference finals, who would it be? And why?
1: Probably the jazz. Um, I know that I was out on them last time we did this, but like,
0: can I cut you off really quick? You yeah. said that so unconfidently, which is why I love this NBA season. It's because we yeah, don't know. But go ahead with your jazz. With your Well, jazz.
1: listen, I'll, I'll tell you the standings right now. So the Clippers are in second. That's, I think that's the team that most everybody would pick. Barf. you are tied with the Suns. Okay. Like that, that's your Western Conference top three right now, which is amazing, amazing, um, at seven and four. In the next, the next three teams are all tied at six and four. You have the Jazz… The Trailblazers, which is like, what is going on? Like, I feel like the Trailblazers have, have lost every single game. Maybe they've just had an easy schedule. I have no idea how they're six and four. Don't the war in the you have the Golden State Warriors because Steph has just become a supernova of like, supernova, yeah, dude, the sixty burger. Okay, whatever. Anyways, as much as I would love to see a Steph League, uh, Golden State Lakers Finals, uh, Western Conference Finals, like I don't know. I I don't I don't necessarily believe in. I don't necessarily believe in the Suns, and I don't—I really don't believe in the Clippers. I just think there's something fundamentally wrong with that team that I can't put my finger on. Um, as much as I like, you know, the Serge Ibaka pickup, there's just something off about them. I—I don't—I don't, just don't trust them. I don't know.
0: I don't like them. I don't. I flat out—I—I I adopted being a Clipper fan last year. One of the biggest regrets of my life. You your Clippers, not your fans. I love their fans. Their fans are so – they remind me of Browns fans. They I have so much emphasis for <laughs> their fans. But you freaking – everybody besides Kawhi. Cor- get, it, get it. Corvette. Get it.
1: It's just – I mean, Paul George is bald, though.
0: He – yes. Uh, it's just like I don't enjoy watching the Clippers. Man. No, me
1: too. I agree. Yeah. And I love Serge. I just – There's just something really yucky about this team that I don't don't like. like Playing basketball. Basketball is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to bring us back to when we
0: were kids and loved the sport and like the art of it. And it just looks like it's a chore for all of them, other than Kawhi, who looks like he's a robot still and he's amazing. Um, To answer the question for myself, the second best team in the West, I want to give a little caveat because I think the trade deadline, as always, is going to play a major factor. Um, And we can't really – it's too far away to predict what might happen then. But if I had to guess right now, um, I would mention a team that you didn't mention because they've been struggling out of the gates. But I'm going to say the Nuggets because I love Jokic. And honestly, besides Jokic, listen, Jamal Murray, he proved what he needed to prove in the bubble to me. Like, I don't care what his numbers are. He got paid. He's not thinking about his next contract. He's going through the motions. He understands – like you said about Giannis and the load management thing, this applies to guards as well. It applies to even non-athletes, like non-athletic NBA players. And I wouldn't consider Murray like a freak athlete. He's just, you know. He's a pretty good athlete. He's a pretty good athlete. Like um, he's just not like a Giannis, you know. Um, But I think that once they tap into more of Murray, like they did in the bubble, with the level Jokic is playing at now – Again, that's why I mentioned the trade deadline. I think they do need a piece to replace what they lost. Maybe not a power forward like Jeremy Grant, but just something to spice things up. Um, and, but they have so much that it's they're so figuring. They have, they're figuring it out with their bench with Camposo, with Michael Porter Jr., Michael Porter Jr., DJ Dozier, their yeah, role players.
1: Awesome.
0: It's. I think that um, if I had to just guess, Murray and Jokic – well, Jokic to me is like a top seven player. And Murray, the bubble Murray, is like a top 15 player. Top
1: 15 guy, yeah.
0: So that to me is like I'm going to bet on that until, until the Clippers Dude. have a saging of their locker room or something to make them like
1: a the sport. Because, you know, we've switched places. With with what exactly the Nuggets? This is the last the last time we did this. I said that the Nuggets were going to be the second best team in the in the West. Is before the season started, and you said no because they didn't have chemistry problems.
0: And I'm still concerned about that. I, I look at their talent and listen. By the way, I'm I'm probably going to flip flop on the West second team a million times by the to, uh, from now to the end of the season. If there is an end of the season, let's pray that there is. Um, But, yeah, the chemistry, it looks okay. It's not, like, a major concern. It's just, like, you know, they had a long run. And it's – I think when you have a long run like that, it's very hard to find meaning and purpose in a meaningless game six of the regular season, which is why I don't freak out about a team like the Nuggets yet. Now, if if we're 30 games in and they're still having these problems and they're still hovering around 500 – now Mike Malone, we need to start talking about some job security and stuff like that. Um, but for now they're bring name- in Jim Boylan. That's Jim Boylan's music. Jim Boylan, if you did not know for our audience, was actually brought in, I don't know if it's full time or part time, as a Portland Trailblazers defensive assistant. Speaking of defense Good for you, Portland Jim. The Portland Trailblazers, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they play no defense. So
1: well, neither do the Nuggets. The Nuggets might have the worst defense in the league.
0: So, but the thing is, Boylan, I, we don't have enough time to cover Jim Boylan today.
1: <laughs> Wait, can we pause in Portland? I literally don't understand how they're 6-4. Okay, this is, these are who their wins are against. They beat Houston 128-126 uh, in overtime. They beat the Lakers, the biggest one of the season, 115-107 um, on the 28th. But this is, I don't know who's playing this game. I watched
0: that game, yeah. That was a fun game.
1: Okay, good game. Uh, their best win of the season. They beat the – they scraped by the Warriors, 123-98. And then I think the next game, 137-122, is when Steph went in absolutely bonkers. Oh, yeah. I think – was that against Portland? I don't remember. I think it was. I believe so. I'm pretty sure it was because I remember game. Lillard saying something about it after the
0: game. Yes, yes.
1: Um, and then they've now won three straight. After losing the next game to, uh, uh, to Chicago, your beloved Bulls, they won three straight against Minnesota, Sacramento, and Toronto. I will repeat, the Trailblazers are fraudulent. I mean, like, they are not a very good basketball team, and it pains me to say because, like, I love Lillard. I love CJ. I love Harry Giles. And I'm still a Harry Giles truther. Um, they're just not good, which leaves like leaves leaves teams like the Nuggets, who are 5-5 five and five right now, the Suns who I would have a lot more confidence in if I didn't think DeAndre Hayton was, like, the worst basketball player I've ever seen. Like, oh, this guy frustrates me no end. I mean, I have him on my fantasy team, too, which doesn't help, but it's like, dude, like, do something, man. You're seven feet tall. You do have to shoot eight fadeaways. For you. F-
0: fadeaways. Thank you for saying that. Fadeaways. I yell at him. Yeah. Dude, it's on.
1: ridiculous. You're, you're fucking huge, and you're athletic, and it's like, dude, just oh, the ball. ball. Exactly. Just the, the ball. ball. 'Cause, you know, I think CP and, and Devin Booker are exactly what we thought they were. Mikael Bridges is playing out of his mind. Kim Johnson's playing well. Like they're they're a good team. They just need Aiton to be that third guy. Um, and I if if he was, maybe I, I'd be having a serious thought about them being the second best team in the West. But until further notice, I do not believe that. It's probably the Clippers, to be honest with you. I just don't like them
0: unless, unless Langston Galloway can step up and be that third option, (laughs) which you never know. And in today's day and age, you never know what's going to happen, Harry. Um, very, very productive podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. We're going to do more of these. I'm going to try to get Harry on maybe once a week. We'll see how it goes. We're going to do more with Harry and Yosef combined. Um, again, guys tell them where they can reach you, Harry. On social, um,
1: you can find me on Instagram at Larry How, L a r r y H o w w s two Ws.
0: And if you are into food and cooking, Harry is a savant as well whoa, as obviously. Whoa, thank you. As well as obviously basketball, and not to mention, uh, he does post very funny memes on his Instagram as well. <laughs> and one of them made me laugh out loud, literally, the other day um until yes. next time though harry do you have anything else to say to our audience before we sign off
1: no but for real uh so um you know if you talk shit about the knicks um you know the, your, whoever ryan whatever um dm me i'll give you my address i want to
0: <laughs> he's he's 15 but <laughs> yeah i don't
1: care i don't care
0: <laughs> ryan i can't wait till you text me about this part of the podcast all right until next time Armand out. All right. Peace out, brother. Peace.